Ladies and gentlemen, I am here in Florida. I am sitting in my wife's uh, childhood room. And uh, I just finished up a, a great interview with uh, my father-in-law, Charles, Charlie, Choo Choo, Bolt, um, a runner. Uh, uh, great guy. I've known him for 15 years. But uh, he told uh, told some stories today that uh, I I I didn't really know I, I'd never heard before, um, and I think you guys will enjoy it. So, uh, you know, I start everything off with like, Ugh. great stories, running, big runner, bowling. Let me tell you, there's no um, correlation between the two because <laughs> we tried to get into it. But um, I I felt it was a great conversation, and uh, we talked for about an hour and a half. So sit back, enjoy it. Uh, if you need to segment it, do it because I think it's a it was a really good conversation. And um, of all my guests and and all the guests that have been previous and to come, uh, great conversation with my father in law, and uh, we went in some uh, depth that uh, we've never been into before and uh, he corrected us a lot on uh, mine and Lindsay's conversation so apparently my wife has no idea about uh, her own parents and how they met and all of these things um, but uh, it was fun like I said we're sitting in uh, Lindsay's bedroom where she grew up I have uh, the dog here we're here for uh, a wedding of our friend uh, Mr. Leonard, and um, yeah, that's it. It's fantastic. It was a fun conversation. We laughed a lot. We drank a lot, and uh, that's just who who Charlie is. That's who uh, how I know him, and um, I wouldn't change it. Great gentleman, great guy, great father-in-law, great dad, and um, I hope you enjoy it. As always. Rate it on I, a, Apple. Give it five stars. Write a comment. It's the only way that uh, this thing gets out to more people. You guys enjoy it. Why not give the joy to other people? Um, let me know what you think about it. I've been much more vulnerable than I have ever in the past about uh, getting on Instagram and uh, talking about things and documenting things. Um I'll continue to do so if you find it valuable and it's fun and enjoyable. But um, let me know. Let me know how you think about. Let me know what you think about the show. And uh, I think you guys are gonna love this one. Charlie crushed it. It was awesome. I had a great time. We we laughed a lot. Like I said, we drank a lot, and it was as expected for two cents worth. Just a fun, open conversation, unedited, no bullshit. Enjoy it, peeps. It was awesome. Welcome to Two Cents Worth. I am your host, Ryan DeFaber, your loving, honest, consistent host, Ryan DeFaber. I have brought the studio all the way to Florida for a very special podcast. First podcast on location. 
uh, every single one of them beforehand has been at the uh, the Bears Den studio. I brought the Bears Den studio on uh, on a road trip today, and if you followed yes, on Instagram, yeah, if you followed on Instagram, you saw all the things that we did on the road trip, which was basically drive and stop at rest stops or visitor centers and uh, have lunch. I am here with my loving father-in-law, Mr. Charles Bolt. The redneck? The re- No, the rattlesnake <laughs> is wh- how I know you um, and how uh, some of my friends, uh, particularly Preston Buckman, knows you as the old rattlesnake Charles Bolt. That's so we are here. Um, in your house in Florida, how long is this? How long have you lived in this house? Since 1990, 28 years. 28 years designed by you. Yes. Right? Yes. Yep. So designed by me. I hired a builder to build it. It's a one of a kind. Yes, it is. Yep. One of a kind. It's a custom home. Okay. Um, well, first say hello. Yes. Hello. This is Chuck Bolt in my home. In Spring Hill, Florida. <laughs> and yeah, in one of his previous podcasts, he mentioned that uh, I was in Charlotte. Well, yeah, I, we figure we spend like 85% of our time in Florida and 15% in Charlotte. So we're going back and forth a lot because that's where the grandkids are. So I've got to go up to Charlotte and, and visit. You don't have to. You want to go up to I Charlotte. W- I want to. Yep. So we, um, we got tired of bunking with them, so I bought a house. <laughs> <laughs> you can't hide money, people. <laughs> you just can't. I mean, it's, it's impossible to do it. Uh, so we are here in your in your house for 28 years, your house, one of a kind, Spring Thrill, Florida. Mm-hmm. So let's start, with, w- let's start with that. So what got you into down here to Florida? Because you're not originally from Florida. My, Upstate New York. Yeah. Um, born and raised. <clears throat> Western New York, right. Outside of... And we'll we'll get back to that because it leads to the story of you and running, and it, that's what we want to talk about today. But I do want to talk about how did you get to Florida? What brought you to Florida, and what's my kept job, you here for career. thirty years? My career. I was um, uh, in civil engineering, and I started in surveying and got into civil engineering and land planning, and then uh, the housing market in Western New York and the Buffalo area was just drying up, and I just didn't see another. 30 years of work there. I just yeah. didn't see it. So my wife, my loving wife, agreed to lift up, pick up her roots and follow me, you know, and she felt as a teacher, she could get a job teaching anywhere. And she taught learning disabled kids. So it's it's a high demand and yeah. it's in need. So she said, fine, go buy a house, I'll be a month behind you. And that's what we did. I got a job right away. I got several offers and uh, bought a house. And the first time she saw it, I flew up to Buffalo from Tampa, got in the car, drove her to the house, and she looked orange cabinets in the kitchen. Never forget that. Yeah. What year was that? That was in 1981. Orange is acceptable, I guess. Yeah, maybe in eighty one it was. Yeah. I was way I was hoping it would be the seventies. Be like, of course it's seventies. You definitely have orange cabinets. Eighties, you're 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 on that that brink of that's no longer acceptable. Well the colors in this house were bright. And the kitchen was orange, one of the bedrooms was bright yellow, one of the other bedrooms was bright blue. 
And we we're going to put Aaron, who at the time was three years old, our oldest son, yeah. our son, and we we're going to put him in the yellow room. So when boxes were coming off the moving van, they didn't belong in the kitchen. They didn't belong in the living room, dining room, master bedroom, Aaron's room. Just put them in the blue room. Just put them in the blue room. So when I built this house, the spare room, I painted blue because it had to be a blue room. It was a blue room. A blue room. It still is the blue room. It still is a blue room. Our youngest kid now is sleeping Sleeping in the blue room room, right now. Yep. Yeah. True. Um, Okay. So, and you mentioned your your loving wife, Mm. and I want to touch on that because if anyone's listened to the podcast beforehand... I had my loving wife, Lindsay, your daughter on, and we tried to tell the story of how you two met, and I have been since corrected that we told it wrong. So I would like... The, this is your... The details were... Close. The details were... Yeah. They were off a little bit. They were off a little bit. And and I and in my... The outline in, was there. <laughs> in my defense, we, we went on a date night. We had a bottle of wine and beers. So the brain was fuzzy. For both of us. As it is probably As it right is now. right now, because yes. we're sitting here drinking. Um, so how did you and Ann meet? And then, I she, w- so I want to tell yeah. the story. How mm-hmm. you met, and then how did you get proposed? Because in all honesty, yeah. of, of what everybody, I think, around the world listening would say, is I think it's a very unique and not common time frame. Yeah, the love at first sight, uh, which you hear about, and then never happens, did. Yeah. Um, she was a, a waitress in a restaurant. And at by it was a restaurant by day, and by night it was a nightclub. And they okay. had live bands, live music. So I did the signs, the just on the side. I put the signs in the windows of the bands that were playing this week, next week, following weeks, and things of that nature. I just freehanded painted the signs, slept them up in the window. Monday night, there was no music. On Tuesday nights, the bands, that we had live music from Tuesday through Sunday at this, at this club. So I got there early, and I'm putting up the signs on a Tuesday, and I put them up in the window, and I go to the bar to have a drink, and they had free chicken wings, and Michael was the bartender. And I'm looking around, and they're still serving late lunches, early dinners, whatever. It was probably about 5.30. And there's a cute little girl over there. I said, Michael, who is that? Oh, that's Ann. I says, she's kind of cute. I said, well, you know, why don't you see if you buy her a drink? So she came over to the bar and I said, can I buy you a drink? She said, no. <laughs> said, no, no, I'm, I'm fine. And, but finally, after her shift was over and the, this table of gentlemen left and she got a nice tip, I remember, and she sat there and we were just talking and, and talking and talking and talking, and it was about quarter to ten. So we'd been there three, four hours just talking, and yeah. we had a couple of drinks. And I said, gee, Ann, I'm sorry. I have to excuse myself. I have to go pick up my girlfriend from work. True. Absolutely true uh. story. And I uh, said, but uh, can you meet me here again tomorrow night at six o'clock? She could absolutely. So she gets in her car, drives home. I go and pick up my girlfriend. And where do I go? I come back to this this bar. It's called the was the crossbow. The crossbow. The okay. crossbow. So uh, does it exist back. anymore? No, I would. It yeah, I wouldn't nope. imagine. But okay. So, um, the next night, and I'm sitting at the bar waiting and waiting. No Anne. 
It's 6, 6.30, 7, 7.15. I turned to Michael and said, I don't think she's going to show. He says, yeah. she will be. If she said she's going to be here, she's going to be. About 7.30, she strolls in. She said, I got home from work. I'm sorry I fell asleep. Okay. So have a couple more drinks. It's quarter to 10. <laughs> got to go, go pick, pick up, up my girlfriend. girlfriend. Says, but hey, now this is Wednesday night. I said, tell you what. I'll go pick up a girlfriend, take her home, tell her I don't feel well. I'm going to go home. I'll come back and meet you here. Okay, fine. So I picked up Betsy from work, took her home, came back to the crossbow, and Ann and I, we stayed there late. And that was Wednesday. By Saturday, we kept doing this, you know, yeah. and meeting. And and uh, we just knew there was something clicking. And... That Saturday, I said, let's get married. She said, no. <laughs> no. No, I'm not ready for that. But, and we, we kept going on and on. And anyway, about a week later, she finally said, okay. <laughs> so it was like two weeks. So when did you break up with his girlfriend? The day after I proposed to him. <laughs> oh, the first time? What? The first time you proposed to her? No, or? the second time. The second after she time. said like yes. After, okay. after she said yes, I had to go to, to Betsy, Betsy and, and said, say, I'm getting I'm, married. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm getting married. She'd go, what? You know, it was like, because I was seeing her at the same time. <laughs> and I, then I went to my, my parents. Yeah. And I explained, I said, Mom, Dad, I'm, I'm getting married. I'm engaged to this girl. I'm getting married. And my mother said, to who? Which girl? <laughs> <laughs> she didn't know. One. So, so I, I didn't know about the whole the, yeah. the girlfriend part. I think, yeah. um, well, first off, uh, God bless your wife for actually showing up the second night. Yes. After you yes. told her, sorry, I got to go pick up my girlfriend. Love to still hang out with you. <laughs> and she still comes back yeah. day after day. Yep. But now, obviously, knowing... Uh, you know, my mother-in-law, I, I can see, you know, that the type of personality that she is, but still. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's okay, so, true. So Tuesday, yeah. Saturday, you yeah. proposed no. She said no. Week later, She yes. said yeah. So we had to tell our parents. And I remember, meet, of course, I had met her mom and dad, and she invited me over to dinner. So this is like maybe three weeks after I'd met her. Mm-hmm. And she said, okay, this is a good time to ask my dad. So I go into the kitchen. I said, Mr. Baltus, I would like your daughter's hand in marriage. And he just stood there, (laughs) took his glasses off, just wiped his brow, put his glasses back on, said, well, I trust my daughter's judgment. Okay. Just like that. And this, now this is June. Yeah. Yeah. And we got married in December. Okay. So, yeah. It was so a, you knew each other for six months six and three months. weeks. Yeah, something like that. Six months, yeah. Yep. And you've been married? 46 years. Jesus we just Christ. had our 46. <laughs> I, it's, um, it's super unique. Yeah, it's, yeah, you can write a, write a book and no one will believe it. I mean, just hearing that story. Now, I, I've been married to your daughter for, this is our 12th year. It could be our 12th tw- Yeah, be you had your 11th year. anniversary yeah. in September. It, it, you know, this will be our 12th year in September. And I've never heard that full story. 
and I still can't believe it. Forty-five plus years. Uh, that's yep. well. That's like you said, love at first sight, yeah, right? We had thought maybe we'd get married in the spring. Yeah. But when her mother suggested, said, "Well, look, if you get married, because she started teaching already." And so we're looking, okay, when's a good break? We thought Easter break, June, everybody gets married in June. And her mother was the one that said, let's get married in December. You, the, the church will all be decorated. You won't have to buy any flowers. <laughs> <laughs> that's sure. someone that's pretty savvy with their money. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, we, when we were trying to find a place for a honeymoon... We just got out a map. The United States. We didn't know each other. Yeah, we right. didn't know. You each didn't know other. what you liked, no. or you know what they want. No, as a matter of fact, when we found wanted. an upper flat, I'll never forget this. When we're moving into an upper flat in Orchard Park, New York. Yeah, and she's taking these ski. Now I'm a runner, and we're going to get into this shortly. We're going to get into I'm yeah. A runner. I like and, that you told me that we're going to get into this later. I'm the host. I'm Remember sorry. That. Yeah. Forget. Yeah. Yeah, but we will talk about your She's running. She's carrying these skis up the staircase up up to the top floor, and I'm going. Wait a minute. What are these skis? Well, I can see that, but you ski? Oh yeah. And I'll teach you. And I go, no, you're not. <laughs> well, she did, and I loved it. Downhill, cross Down, country, both. Yeah. Both. Okay. Yeah. We we did a lot of downhill skiing the first seven or eight years, but the lift lines were getting so long. It was yeah. getting, and so we thought, gee, cross country skis, you just strap them on, put a wine sack over your back, and you go. just off you go. And Which we used, we're also going to get into is your your. Um, <laughs> it's going to sound terrible. Your love for alcohol. That's not it. It was more <laughs> of like I think I think any couple has you know their common interests of whatever and and wine and and I not love, so much beer I love beer, wine we'll talk about beer but okay. wine yeah. for you guys is, yeah is yeah obviously like, something I, very I, common i, I love chardonnay i love yep. i never knew i liked chardonnay until i had a good chardonnay that's how i right. put it okay so it's, you pull out a map yep and that's right there was and um have you been here yep have you been here no i don't want to go there so we're well new orleans it, i haven't been there i haven't been there either it's just new orleans it is so we cash our paychecks, get on a plane. <laughs> well, no, and I want to go back because yeah. after the wedding, yes, because this this can't this doesn't happen in today's age. First off, because you have TSA, mm -hmm. you have all the X rays, you have all <laughs> oh, of these no. things. So, because I know the story, and I want the people to hear it. Um, you get married, yes. you have your luggage, you're ready to go to New Orleans. Yeah, you go to New Orleans. Yes. What happens when you open your luggage? I opened up my luggage, and my cousin had basically emptied my my um, silverware drawer into my suitcase. <laughs> Spoons, nice forks, and boxes of condoms. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he did it or when he did it, but he finally admitted that he did it, and uh, yeah. Yeah, you couldn't get through security with. No, you can't. No, if, with if a you, table setting of twelve. If you if you walked into an airport today and put that on the weights, <laughs> and they said, "Okay, great," and they put it on the conveyor belt, you would have been stopped at the gate. Oh yeah, because if, so you're the owner of this bag. I just I need to understand why do you have fifteen forks, twenty spoons, and not plastic ones? No metal. No. Yeah. What, are you, what are you planning on doing? I do like the. Uh, 
So this is now the second time that someone has been on the show talking about condoms. So British Steve was on, and when he went back to England, uh, he talked about how he got a job in quote-unquote marketing. And his marketing was for music festivals. He basically was handing out boxes full of like condoms and lube and everything <laughs> to all these concert goers. So... You know. See, I've been doing a lot of concerts, and I've never had. That I, I've never that. had no. anyone hand me uh, a box of condoms or loom, but or nor have I ever opened up my luggage and and found half of my silverware <laughs> and and condoms in there either. Yes. But um, how did you find out about that? You've told me. I, I think have? like five, oh. six times. Oh, okay. Remember, we've known each other a long yes, time. This have. has been like fifteen yeah. years now. I've been married to your daughter for twelve. So yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. We've gone back yes. a few years yes. with a lot of alcohol, too. <sighs> yes. Yep. But only good alcohol. Oh, yeah. Good. Well, we're going to get into that, too, because okay. I see one of your beers behind you. We'll talk about good alcohol. Oh, come on. It's it's a Bex. Come on. <laughs> the only per- and I didn't want... I was I waiting. I IPAs. I was waiting. I don't no, need you. You don't need okay. to drink an IPA. I was, just, I was waiting to the end of the show to talk about it, but you're by far the only person in my entire life I've ever met that drinks Bex. I go in spurts. I go in cycles. I mean, I remember when we first got married, I drank Bush. And then it was, then I got on Still a, around pa- and popular. Then I got on a Pabst Blue Ribbon kick, you know? Super popular now. Is it really? The hipster community My has father embraced to, uh, Pabst. My father used to call it Panther Piss. Well, <laughs> you can go to any bar in any part of the country right now really? and get a tall boy of Pabst. And on you tap. can you can you can get Paps probably on tap, and yeah. you can get a tall boy of Paps, and you can look around the bar, and you're gonna see people that you would never expect drinking it, drinking it in excess. Wow, very popular again. Well, well, then I was just ahead of this. Yeah, you were ahead of the curve. Now, so maybe you're ahead of the curve on Bex. See, maybe, I don't know. Maybe. Again, <laughs> again, you're the only person I've ever had to buy Bex for. <laughs> Seen buy Bex before, drink Bex. Yeah, you even have one with me every once I'll in a while. I'll have I don't mind it. Yeah. It's just it's a it's a strange beer to be that your beer. You know, like that's your go-to beer. Well, when I was in up when I was in Western New York, my go-to beer was Canadian Ale. Okay. Um and uh, Labatt's 50 Ale was really that was my that was my brand. Yeah. And still when I go up fishing up in Canada still, it's Labatt's 50. So, but they still, they still sell Labatt's 50? Absolutely. I know they sell oh, Labatt's yeah. Blue. I've never yeah. heard of Labatt's 50. Yeah, that's the ale. You just can't get it here. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine version. they would send it. They sell yeah. it in the South unless... No. I, well, I take that back. Here, maybe. Haven't Florida's s- got a lot of Canadians. I, ha- I know, but I've never seen the, the ale. No? No. Okay. No. So this is a close... It's close to a Canadian ale. Okay. Anyway. All right. So... All right, we've talked about how you've met, and mm-hmm. we've talked about how you've got to Florida, and I know you want to talk about it, and you've been itching at it, because you did mention it, and you, you told me we were going to talk about it. Well, you talk about sports and all your This casts, is the point of so, it. Yeah, no. I do want to talk about sports. Yes. Um, you're a runner. Yes. You weren't always a runner. I had a... I think you it, had the, the itch for it, right? Like, you always... At eight enjoyed it but you were not always a full-time no because there was a time when i was and i have to correct my daughter she said i was training for the 72 <laughs> olympics that was a dream of mine to, to 
to okay. reach the 72 or 76 Olympics in the 10,000 meter. That was my, that was my dream. Mm-hmm. But I was training for the 69 Boston Marathon. Okay. When I fell against a curb and, um, on Colvin Boulevard in Kenmore, New York, doing a long run. And it just wasn't the same since. So I stopped running for almost 18 years. How old were you? How old was I then? I was 19. 19? Okay. I had hoped to run 250, two hours and 50 minutes. That was my goal then in 69. Um, And then hopefully improve on that, obviously, because if I was going to be world caliber in the 10,000 meters, I should be running 220. So, so for us Americans, how how far is ten thousand meters? Six point two miles. There you go. See, because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, I'm not the only person sitting here for the first forty five seconds of you saying that, going, "How the fuck long is ten thousand meters?" Because <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the time to yeah, it, you're like, yeah. "All right, so two hours and fifty minutes." I mean, but it's no, got to be long. But a marathon? No, a marathon. No, don't a marathon. The marathon. Two, okay. Yes, yeah. a marathon's twenty six point two miles. Yes, yes, it is. Yes. And then half is 13.1. Yes. See, mm-hmm. I can do math really yes. quickly. Very good. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm smart. <laughs> All right. So you're yeah. 19. You're training for this. Yeah. You hurt yourself. Yep. You stop running for, would you say, eight years? 18. 18 years. Yes. So that's funny because all I've ever known of our relationship is you waking up at I talk about it all the time now about myself. I wake up at the ass crack of dawn. You have before I started waking up at the ass crack of always. Yeah. That's all I've known of you. Well, it started my bad habit of just not sleeping in college. Yeah. You stay out all night, and then you got an 8 o'clock class. And maybe you'd, if, at 3 in the morning, you're cramming for a test. I mean, it was just... So not sleeping has just been a norm for me. I just never have been a sleeper. Never. So... That's... I- I, so can you tell me how your daughter has the trait of, I mean, we could have a marching band in our bedroom and she'll sleep through it. Meanwhile, you know, the dog licks his ass and I wake up. <laughs> I just want to understand. So you don't sleep. So no. is Anna a heavy sleeper? Yes. All yeah. right. So, so Lindsay just she, walked in. So Lindsay, you get that from yeah. your, your mom. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to figure it out where I can draw similarities because I'm, I'm so confused on how no, she's able to sleep. Light sleep. I'll sleep an hour and then wake up for another hour or two and I'll sleep another half an hour. And I'm like that all night. Always been like that? Yeah. Or Probably started in college? That. It started in college. Okay. Yeah. But I'm 68 now, so <laughs> I never grew out of it. Well, that's fine. <laughs> the older so, you are, the less yeah, sleep yeah, you need, I guess, right? Yeah. Yep. You seem fine. Yeah. But I turned to bowling. I mean, you mentioned that. And, I know. We're, yeah. yeah. We're going to talk about bowling. I want. I, I got to get to how I started running. I know. I mean, that's what I want to get to. Yeah. I want to I want to go all the way back. We talked about how you got yeah. injured. Yeah. We're, I think we're, what you're doing is you're trying to fix everything that was wrong with Lindsay and yeah, I's and conversation. Yeah, all out of whack. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and again, remember what I said. We were half in the bag when that yeah. was all going. Plus, I didn't even know half the story, what you just told me anyway. So... Correct us, but let's get back to how you started running. I don't want to talk about how you got injured because I think it's very interesting on how anyone chooses running, especially in not even today's society, but like even the last 30, 40 years in America, like running has always been a sport, right? Like, I mean, it's a long lasting sport, a long, long time sport. Okay. But in America, it's not a very 
no. from a mainstream perspective, it's not a very popular sport. When you I was play running, football, yeah. baseball, right. soccer, basketball. And, and I, why don't we put white soccer first? Basketball, soccer, and then I you was, grew up hockey. When I was eight years old, I'm in third grade. Mm-hmm. I was too small to play basketball. I was too light to play football. I couldn't throw a baseball hard. I couldn't make it do anything. I couldn't hit a ball. I couldn't field a ball. So here's this little scrawny little kid. And I said, I love sports. I mean, I still played basketball. I still played baseball and football in the street and all that. But I just wasn't big. And I was a tiny little... When I graduated from high school, I weighed 113 pounds. When I graduated from college, I weighed 121. So, you Jesus know... Jesus Christ, you yeah. eat? <laughs> I, was, I was running. Dude, I, I mean, shit 121 <laughs> pounds a day. I mean, in, in 68 and 69, I was running 100, 115 miles a week. So, you know what I put as my goals for 2019? This is a true story. I just gave them to my boss and and like uh, peers of mine and and others. My goal for this year is to run at least six to 10 miles a week. That's a goal of mine because I hate running that much. I'm like, you know what? I still want a hundred and how many miles a week? Between 100 and 115 miles a week. I just, for anyone that, because you can't see it, he's shrugging like it's not a big deal that that's... Well, at that time, it wasn't. I mean, I just, I mean, I could just run forever. And getting back to when I was eight years old, yeah. I used to come home for lunch. And we lived a half a mile from Thomas Edison Elementary School. Okay. So I would come home for lunch, eat my lunch, and go stand on the corner. And the school was close enough, a half a mile, but I could hear a bell. They... They ring a warning bell, which meant in five minutes, you had to be in your seat. Class starts again. Right. So I would stand on the corner and wait for the bell to ring. And I'd run to the school to see if I could get in my seat before the second bell rang after five minutes. And this is at eight years old? Yeah. So you already had, which I think we'll, we'll continue on with, but you had that competitive edge of like, in running, obviously, the clock matters. Right, it, like I guess it did. Uh, yeah, it always. I mean, it always does, right? Yeah. You mentioned it earlier. You wanted Not to run training, something but, in yeah. X amount of time. Right. You wanted to get this done. Mm-hmm. At eight years old, you're going. I have a five minute window to get back to school. Right? Can I do it? Right. Well, then I started getting cocky, and I'd hear the bell <laughs> ring, and I'd stand on the corner for 10, 15, 20 seconds, take off and see if I could still beat the the bell, and that's how I got started in it. So I said, "Well, half a mile—that's nothing." So I. Did a mile, I mapped out a mile in the neighborhood. And I remember neighbors saying, what the hell are you doing? I said, I don't know. I'm just, I like to run. Yeah. I just found out at a very early age, I didn't have the speed, but I had endurance to run as long as I wanted to. I mean, even when in my 50s, when I'm training for marathons, it was nothing to go out and run for three hours and 15 minutes. It was it just didn't no it didn't bother me i look forward to it and you you do it with no music no no i no uh uh-uh. i'm shouldn't do it but go ahead no i, I <laughs> i'm just i again there was a kid hit by a car just in the next town south yeah. of us this morning and they said he had his phone he had yeah. his he had the i 
or the, the earpods yeah. or whatever, the AirPods, and he walked yeah. across the street and got hit by a car. He's in critical condition. Yeah. I mean, I understand it, right? Yeah. Like any, if you, and you, I just bought I don't new want to block out. I don't, I do not want to block out what's going right, on. You want to, you want to yeah. understand your surroundings, especially if you're right. on the road. And I, and I just bought a new pair of headphones this week and, and I was watching the reviews on YouTube and this guy's a runner and he said the same thing. He was like, look, like he's like, as a runner, you want to, you want to have that outside noise still mm-hmm. come in. So you don't want noise canceling headphones. Like if yeah. you want, if you do that, like basically you're taking your own hands and, and when I was, your own life and your own. When I started running marathons and my wife wasn't, Marsha Eicholtz, who was my training partner, yeah. we would run together. And I could not shut her up. I mean, she would just talk for three hours. And I'd just go along run. And after three hours, oh, we're done? It just goes <laughs> she, by quick, No, right? yeah. with her talking, you know. Yeah. So um, Anne and I don't converse as much as Marsha and either one of us. But, yeah, she's the talker. And uh, she keeps the long runs just... The time just goes by. And she's still a running partner. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just on Sundays, though. How long have you been running together, the three of you? Since 96 or 97. That's crazy. Yeah. Whatever. I think that, I mean, from a hobby perspective, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's a hobby, because I think it is part of your lifestyle. It is. It's a way. That, right? It's, it's your a way, way of, of life. life. It's my way of life. But we get up. Every morning except Friday, mm-hmm. and tomorrow will be Friday, so I don't have to worry about getting up. But we get up, and we get out the door five thirty every morning, six days a week, except for Friday, and go for anywhere between four and a half and eleven miles. Is there a training plan, or is it just more of like a decision if, right before you walk out the door? No, as it, of now. No, no, now it's just. Well, what do you want to do today? Okay. But if we were training for a race, yes, there's there's a And a you regimented... have your own loops that you oh, know. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we got a for anywhere from three point seven to fifteen and a quarter, you know. And then if you want to do a twenty mile run, then we just have to put combinations of kind loops of together. Manip- you figure it out. But right? we haven't had we haven't done a twenty mile loop now since two thousand and eight. Was that the last time you did when was the, the last, last time marathon? marathon? Two thousand six. Which was where? Maui. I know. That's why mm. I brought, brought it up. That's a, if that's the last marathon you ever do, that's not hey, bad. You finish still, in Hawaii. There's still a few on the bucket list. Yeah? Yeah. We both want to do um, Marine Corps, which is in Washington, D.C. Okay. Love to do um, Grandma's and love to do Twin Cities, which is in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Um, maybe Chicago, not New York. No. They have no care, no, no desire to do New York at all. It's just because the people that half the participants, it seems, that go to New York, they're not in it to actually run it. They just think it's a joke. It's a party. It's and they'll if you walk, watch it on TV. It is a party. That's they'll walk they two thirds of it and say, "I did a marathon." That's yeah. shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's pure runner mentality right there. <laughs> to where you shit on other people that are actually running a marathon, going, "Yeah, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't take it serious." They just no. and. Well, I can't argue with them. I've, yeah. I've run a 10K as the longest I've ever run. And I thought that was bullshit to begin with, <laughs> <laughs> that I had to run over six miles. All right, so eight years old, you're timing yourself, yep. trying to figure out the bell. Let's let's get through 
Let's continue that path into middle school, high school. Yeah, middle school. High school, I think. Middle school, it still it wasn't clicking yet. Yeah. Um, high school, for us, it was just tenth, eleventh, and twelfth grade. Okay. Um, of course, I went out for cross country in tenth grade, and I was fourth or fifth man on the team, just even as a tenth grader. But when it got to track, and I remember we were. It was like the inner squad meet. It was the blue gold track meet before it was the decision on who's going to be running the mile, half mile, 800. So they put me in the two mile with Steve Tridell. And he takes the lead and I take it back. And I'm not supposed to beat Steve. I'm not even, not even, he's not even in my competition. And I kept pushing him and I get on his shoulder and I pass him again. And got all huffy and he'd come up alongside me and pass me. So it was a war for two miles. And the first time I ever ran the two mile was a 1043. I mean, that's not fantastic, yeah. but my coach thought, who the frig is this kid? 10th <laughs> yeah. grader. Yeah. So, I mean, it just progressed from there. It just get, and so by my junior year, I was one of the best in the, county and the conference and all that stuff and by my senior year i only had one kid <laughs> that i kept fighting with his name was jim racina never forget him and finally in the conference meet <clears throat> i beat him and uh and the, it just went under there um um and that's when i started serious thinking about okay what colleges am i going to go to and i got <clears throat> offers for scholarships all over the, the Northeast, Cincinnati, um, even Annapolis even tapped me, but I wasn't going to cut my hair. I was in the 60s, <laughs> folks. I wasn't, no, 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 no. <clears throat> um, <laughs> uh, Cornell yeah. uh, looked at me, um, uh, RIT in Rochester. But um, Anyway, but I decided to stay at, at Buff State. Close, in, in, yeah. Yeah, close to home. And we assembled, or not me, but the coach, Coach Marsh, assembled the most unbelievable freshman cross-country team in the country. I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, yeah. it's, it's not bragging if we, if we did it. I mean, the only team that could beat us was a team Lehigh. And we didn't Out have, of Pennsylvania. Yeah, and we didn't have our top two runners that day. I remember the coach saying... Watch out from this guy from the University of Pittsburgh. I said, he's going to go off fast. Just stay behind him. Don't try and, you know, screw with him. And we all beat this guy from the University of Pittsburgh. But there was a guy from Bowling Green that took off, and we could not stay with him. Now, I'm saying we because we had runners from all over New York State. They were unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, Mark Ryerson was the greatest runner I had ever run with, and he was from Cardinal Doherty, I think, from Buffalo. Um, but this guy from Bowling Green, and we find out his name is Dave Waddle. After the race, Dave Waddle. Okay, fine. Well, if you do your Olympic research, in 1972, Dave Waddle won the gold medal in the 800 meter, and he is the runner. They forgot to take off his white painter's cap <clears throat> when they did the national anthem. 
<laughs> so if you look back in the history of running for the United States yeah. in the Olympics, Dave Waddle, and he was embarrassed to no end. But I'm watching the, the you know, the uh, you know, when they he's on the podium, I go, fuck, that's 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 that son of a bitch that beat me. Beat us, yeah. <laughs> but in the state meet, I'm saying freshman because in '68 freshmen couldn't compete in varsity sports. Okay. That was before Title IX yeah, and all that. Yeah. So freshmen, we had it our was own freshman own separate team. team. But okay. we, we, we did an inter-squad cross-country meet, and we destroyed the varsity. Yeah. I mean, but in the state meet, we came in one, two, five, six, seven. I think Lindsay explained low score wins. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five is the best score you can get. One, two, five, six, seven. I was six. I was the fourth man on the team, and I was one of the best runners in New York State. I mean, it, it was just... What a team. What a team. So that's college. <laughs> after one year, after one year of college, I remember I was in a in a class and Professor Brown gets up and he starts talking because this is Buffalo State teachers. That's what it was called at the time. Okay. Now it isn't. It's it, just Buffalo State. It's Buffalo State. So Buffalo State teachers. So he's talking about becoming teachers and i raised my hand he goes yes i stand up i said i'm not here to be your teacher well son what are you here for i says i'm here to run <laughs> he says wrong I, answer wrong is i suggest you transfer then son so i picked up my books and walked out and transferred to a community college yep and it was just a so i got a two-year degree in civil engineering and got hired right out of it was Erie community college Got hired right out of that school, engineering firm in Orchard Park, New York, and ten years there, and then I moved to Florida. So, after college, yes, did very little running. So this was nineteen, right? When you got hurt, yep, sixty nine. So that's after yep. Buff State. Yeah, it was it was February, January, February of sixty nine. So what do you do for those eighteen years? Bowl. Bowling. Bowl. Can we talk about bowling? <clears throat> I got good because I think I think I think bowling. First off, it's it's fun. Secondly, I think it created two of your and I could be wrong. Two of your vices at the time: smoking and drinking. Smoking <laughs> and drinking. <laughs> See, you knew where yeah. I was going. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, Bill Rogers, my idol. The first time he wins the Boston Marathon, he was still a smoker. See, I mean, see, <laughs> don't listen to. And I got a Bill Rogers story. I've got a Bill. Okay, Rogers go ahead, story. tell it. Do it now. Yeah, do it. All right, you brought him up. No, okay, yeah. I guarantee you, eighty-five percent of the people listening to this have no idea who Bill Rogers is. Probably so you 95%. need to tell the Ninety-five percent. Bill tell Rogers. The story then. Bill Rogers was a four-time winner of the New York City Marathon and four-time winner of the Boston Marathon. Boston Marathon, which, by the way, I ran twice. And you have to qualify for that race. So mm -hmm. I qualified and ran into it twice. Anyway. Um, we can get into that because I do want to understand like qualifications for certain races. And then okay. I do want to talk about how many yeah. marathons you've run. Okay. Um, so I running in the, in the community around here, I was a race director for the YMCA. They put on a race once a year. So I volunteered to put it on, you know, do the timing and the scoring and all that kind of stuff. And <clears throat> and then this guy, Ernie Chapman, tapped me. He says, 
boy, we could use some help on our races. Okay, why don't you come to a meeting? Fine. Go to a meeting, and he gets up and introduces me as the next um, director of the Flatlanders Challenge, which was a major race held here in Florida. And I go, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I guess I'm the race director now. <laughs> it might have been maybe the next year. And they invited Bill Rogers to come to the race. And I said, wow. But we had to pay him money to, to come. Right. I mean, the, like a guest a, appearance. Yeah, right. And he ran the race and he ran well. But then they turned to me and says, could you pick up Bill from the airport? Twist my arm. What are you crazy? Yeah, right. Absolutely. I go to the airport to pick up Bill. And uh, I said, I, why don't we go to lunch? There's a restaurant here in the airport. No, 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 fine. Where, where can I, where I can sit down and I brought some food with me. Oh, we can, you know, sit over here. He's got a duffel bag with him. He opens it up. He's got a bag of Fritos and two candy canes i bill <laughs> this says yeah i mean i he he told me he said i eat whatever i want because i go and run and i'll run it off here is my idol oh, <laughs> he's eating this crap in an airport <laughs> all right so i get i get it that one of the people in the running club was going to house him at their house at their yeah. home so i get them to judy hensley's house and Bill Rogers loves Tangeray Gin. And so I'm sitting <laughs> Candy there. Candy canes, Fritos, and, and gin. Tangeray Gin. Yeah, so he's drinking gin and tonics. I'm drinking beers. And he opens up a can of peanuts. The two of us devour this can of peanuts. And he goes, now he's had three gin and tonics. I think mm-hmm. I had two beers. And we've eaten this can of peanuts. Let's go for a run. I said, you're serious? He says, yeah, come on. We can go for a run. Yeah, we did. <laughs> but did you puke? <laughs> no, I held it in. I it was uh, it was an experience. How far did you go? Oh, Do you remember? No, maybe four miles. Maybe four miles is all. But maybe four miles is maybe. all. <laughs> God. After after that, maybe four. Yeah, maybe four miles. The guy had a half a bottle of fucking gin. Oh yeah, and yeah. peanuts and two candy canes and Fritos. Yeah, he's a he's a mess he's of a freak. character. He's a freak. Yeah. I mean, he smoked and still won races. He drinks gin and still runs. I mean, he, he he's... And then he got hit by a car. Oh, God. And, you know, and he still... He, he recovered from that and still... Is he still you know, alive? Yeah, yeah. How old is he? He's, I think, a year older than me. Is he still 69, running? maybe 70. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where does he live? In Boston. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Good for that guy. Yep. He gave me his business card, but he closed up the shop. He had, yeah. a, he had a store down there in Boston. But, okay. Yeah. Bill Rogers. Bill Rogers. Yep. My hero. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's get back to bowling then. Oh, geez. So well, create your two vices, smoking and drinking. Well, and bowling, 18 yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. And even maybe a couple more after that. I, I with bowling came smoking. I, I don't know. It just kind of went hand in hand. I don't know. And then you buy pitches. Go to any beer. bowling alley. Oh, geez. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. Yeah. But even Back growing then, up, and for me, like me being in high school and college, still, you go to you go to a bowling alley. It's just if you don't smoke a pack of cigarettes, I mean, they're they're basically I, asking you to leave. I was I was smoking over four packs a day. Oof. 
Look, I was I was well, I was bowling four leagues. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I kept practicing and practicing and buying, learning. There is so much to learn about drilling a bowling ball. It is, I'd be here for two hours talking about it. It's, it's, it's a science. It is an absolute science on how to drill a bowling ball, and once you learn how you want it drilled, it's. You can just go off. I mean, what so, is what is drilling a bowling ball? Well, there's a there's a weight in the ball. Okay, it's a like a counterweight, mm-hmm. and it's how much weight do you want? Side weight, top weight, finger weight, and there's maximums and some minimums. And and do you want your ball to break late, break early, go straight, whatever you want it to do? Sing a song, sing a dance, yeah. song, whatever. And uh, so I had all these bowling. I go to tournaments. I drag all these bowling balls with me and uh you know but after i found out that if your average for all of your leagues was at least 190 you could qualify to get a pga card i said i'm there so i pba pba what i say pga PGA no no not golf listen if you become a professional bowler and you get to go on tour in, in, the on golf, the PGA. No. No, PB, there's something wrong. You can get your. See, I, I'm gonna have to drink this other beer. I know. Um, I just I just texted Lindsay to beer me. Um, yeah, you can get your PBA card. So yep. my average was about 198 in all my leagues. Okay. I said, okay, so I apply for my PBA card. And I said, Fine, but you're gonna have to bowl in six regionals a year. Now the the southeast region was, I'm gonna guess. I think it was Florida. Georgia, South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, and maybe North Carolina, but that mm-hmm. region of yeah, the United yeah. States. So you had to bowl in at least six regional meets in I, those and, states. And you had to fork out the money out of your own pocket. Yeah. And at that time, I think it was about $225 entry fee. And I go, I'm just going to be a contributor. <laughs> and they said, that's what we want. <laughs> we of course, want they con- want your money. Of course, we want contributors. Yeah, stupid. And I said, I just wanted to get my card frame it, put it on the wall and say, I qualified. I did it. I did it. No, they wouldn't let me. So, hmm. and I actually had my first knee surgery because it was affecting my bowling. Because the knee that I messed up in 69 was my left knee. Okay. And that's your plant leg when you're, when you're bowling. When you so, bowl right-handed. When I bowl right-handed. Yeah. yeah. And every time I'd go to the line, it was painful the kneecap was all over the place i'd have to push it back in place it was was, yeah and i wore a brace and it was nasty so i found a doctor that did the surgery it was just torn up cartilage it's all it was and he cleaned it all up and he said how did you do this and i said well you know 20 years ago i fell on the street and tore it he says well if you want to run again you could probably do it i go huh okay (laughs) so it took a couple months to convince myself that I could try it and give up the smoking. <laughs> <laughs> Four packs a day. Yeah. <clears throat> Four packs a day to zero. Cold turkey. You can you can Oof. ask you can ask Ann. It was hell in our home. But it can be For done. Two weeks. It can be done. You just have to For those of you that are smokers yep. and you're thinking about quitting, it can be done. From four, four packs, packs to day. nothing. But it was two weeks of hell. For me and her. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. But uh, 
Is there any correlation between bowling and running? Do you have any correlation between bowling and running? Not that I could ever find out. No. Because, okay. I mean, There's... I think it's it's very interesting that you go from this very competitive runner, very successful runner, to I'm just going to be bowl. I'm, yeah. I'm just going to be bowling. I'm just going to bowl, but I'm going to do it for 18 years. Like, how do you get into Bowling. Well, both both of those. Well, in Buffalo, everybody bowled. Okay. It didn't matter. Okay, all right. So it's more of like a cultural thing where it, you grew in Buffalo up. is cultural. Okay. Yeah. When I came down here, yeah, then it was you had to be good or you're out. So um, I figured I better so what, be good. What was the difference between New York and Florida then for bowling? Uh, other than what you just said, like, is it just more? In Buffalo or New York, is it more of like a social thing? And then down here, it's more of a competitive thing at the time? There's not enough Polacks in Florida. Okay. Well, there you go. The the Poles run the bowling in Western New York. And everybody bowls. Everybody bowls. What's the game that they play? It's similar to bowling. The skinny... Oh, the the candlesticks? Yeah, but it's not not at a bowling alley. There's, there's duck pin where you get three shots and they leave the God, pins Bord, on the lane. Bourdain they, they did, did, they Bourdain did a, uh, a special for his show, um, and he went the to Buffalo. About, like a bocce ball? and you, Yeah. Okay, well, and that's, like, that's duck pin. You get three and, shots. And it looks like the ring is almost like a almost like a half pipe. I don't know. I can't remember. But he was in Buffalo. The Polacks. See? Are, are <laughs> bit, the, po, po, the Polacks. <laughs> They the don't Polish. mind being cold, Paul. Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't think they do. I they think, tell the best Polak jokes. I think, I think for us as a society, we just get so triggered on just mm-hmm. calling people what yep. they're just used to being yep. called and whatever. A good friend I worked with was was um, Hispanic. I called him Spick. Was Bill Garcia. He says, just call me Spick. <laughs> okay. Not in 2019, <laughs> no, no, buddy. Not, not now. No, no way. <laughs> You'll be on the fucking news for that. Uh Okay. Well, I mean, I so just a cultural thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You brought notes. You're looking I did. at notes. Did we? Did we? Well, because we have plenty what? to talk about. Um, I just want to make you brought notes, so I, I want to make sure I touch on your notes. Yeah. Well, I, I, was, I don't want. I, was, I don't want to, I don't want this to disappoint you because you've been looking forward to this. I I have been looking forward to this ever since he said he'd set this up. I go. Oh man, one of these days I want to get on that. I got. I, got. I but, brought my stuff down here for this. I know. I know. He he texted me last night. Yeah. He says, "Do you want to do it?" I said, "Yep." So okay, I'll bring it. All right. All right. Um, I most of the notes are things that I was correcting Lindsay on, but oh, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get into her background. <laughs> she can't remember when she qualified for this or that. She can't remember that. See, funny. and you know what? You, you know what's funny? You've brought up so many people you remember. Yeah. Time frames, dates. Being the age that I am, 34 and and your daughter as well. I think and I and I saw it in my parents and I saw it in my grandparents and I see it in you as well and and Anne. I don't think my generation and the following generations, I don't think we we truly capture like dates, time frames, people's names. I can't tell you the day I actually proposed to Lindsay. I, I can because it was her birthday. Like it was a significant event, right? But like June second, right? But like, <laughs> what if it wasn't, right? Like yeah. I probably wouldn't remember because I, I more so I'd remember my wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. But like you remember, I met Anne on this date at this time. Yeah. 
and I, you've mentioned so many people's names, I guarantee you in 30 years, when I'm at your age, now, today, at this date, I, I'm going to sit there and be like, there was this person <laughs> that might have happened on this year. I think that's... I, I think that's a good attribute that I think we're losing in today's society too. Is just like this hmm. understanding of like connection because we want things so rapid and quick that we don't cherish the moment. I mean, you're talking about yeah. you knew when you stopped running the day you did. You knew at, yeah. at eight years old. Chuck, I'll tell you. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I can't remember what I did three days ago. Like. To tell me at eight years well, old, I knew I was going to run at five minutes to the bell. I'm running to the school. I have told this story. I, I got to say that I'm, I'm 68. And when I started back into running at 39, and I started getting into races, 5Ks, 10Ks, yeah. and I finally a half marathon. And then I thought, you know, I screwed up my knee qualifying for a marathon. I just want to run one marathon under four hours, get it on my system have a beer, and go home. The first marathon I did was in Jacksonville, and my time was four hours and 11 seconds. <laughs> so at that point, do you finish and go, I think I it, need to do another one? I, yes, immediately. Okay. I mean, it took me two weeks because I didn't train properly. I right. did. That was a... That was a learning curve yeah. on how to train and run marathons. Uh, the, my best friend running, this Ernie Chapman, whose name I brought up, died just two years ago. Yeah. After a run, he took a shower and died in the shower. He had a heart attack. But I got him into marathoning. I took him to a Disney marathon. I know I'm going scatter all over no, the place. No, 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 you're fine because we're going yeah. to pull into that. All so right. we're fine. Um I said, Ernie, you, you, you got to come to Disney and do a marathon. I says, you're going to love it. So, oh, okay, I'll, I'll sign up. The day before the race, we go to the, the, the um, what's the hotel there? Um, yeah, one of the hotels. Um, pick up our race packets, and there's Ernie. You, you could have said any hotel. No, one, no one's going to fucking fact check a, you, by the way. I, I can't remember the, what it was. And there, I said, oh, hey, Ernie, you all set? Oh, yeah. I said, um, so what was your long run? That's usually the topic of conversation. When you meet another, oh, what was your long run? When did you do your long mm -hmm. run? Um, well, I said, well, I did a half marathon two weeks ago. So two weeks ago, I did 13 miles. And I go, Ernie, you're going to die. You're going to... You, you're you're doubling it. Yeah. I said, I says, if, he said, if I can run a half, I can run a full. Wrong. <laughs> Can't do it. I passed him at mile 20, and he was walking, and he was in pain. Yeah. So, it, and then he actually did the 50 states plus one Washington, D.C. So he did okay. a, a marathon in each state and Washington, D.C. As a matter of fact, that's how we got to Maui. Ernie had six marathons left to go before he got to his 50 plus one. And we called his wife, Linda what race is going to be his last? And she says, why? She says, well, Ann and I were thinking, we got him into this crazy sport. Yeah. Now, I only did 16, but he did 100 and, 120 or 100, I don't know, something like that, over 120 marathons. I, said, 
I, I got him into the sport. We want to go where he's going to do his last marathon. What's on his schedule? And he says, well, it looks like it's going to be Iowa. And we said, no, it's not. <laughs> like, pick a new no, one, dude. Pick what's on the list. And she's going through the list, and she goes, it's Hawaii. Go. Iowa. That's it. Hawaii. Pick one. Let's go. And so Ann and I uh, and Ernie, and Ernie took his whole family, and um, we did the Maui Marathon in Hawaii. When was it? Uh, two, September 2006. So that's still hot, though. Oh, shit. I'm telling you look. I bet right. You weren't run through lava fields. No, no, no. We ran through sugarcane fields. We didn't know what the hell was going on. I remember we were like mile six or mile seven, and you hear this. It sounded like it was pouring rain. I said, "What is that?" Until the sun came up, you didn't know because you started at five thirty or five forty-five or whatever time it was. The the wind was blowing through the sugarcane fields, and it was it sounded like rain. So we thought it was raining, just, you know, just hissing out. Yeah, yeah, and it's it was the sugarcane. So, so that's we. Well, we you answered one of my questions. So you've run sixteen marathons. Mm-hmm. Ann's run seven. Seven. Mm-hmm. We tricked her into her first one. We'll tell that story. Oh, okay. Um, Marsha and I were training for God knows whatever it was. It was probably another Disney marathon. And Ann decided, well, I'll run with you. So, I mean, we, w- we would do 11, 12 miles every Saturday morning anyways. So we would increase 10 minutes a day, uh, 10 minutes every week. So on Saturday, if we ran for an hour and 40 minutes, the next Saturday we ran for an hour and 50 minutes, and then two hours and 210, until we got to about, after 13 weeks, it was a 13-week regimen, and we would get to... It would, they say three hours or 20 miles, whichever comes first. But we would go to about 310, three hours and 10 minutes. Okay. And so she just kept running along with us, you know, two hours, two hours and 10, 220. So Marsh and I got an application all filled out. And we said, here, Ann, just sign it. Just sign it. <laughs> You're ready. You're in. You're in. So yeah. she signed it. She ran 355, her first marathon. She actually qualified for Boston Marathon in her very first marathon. How, um, <laughs> and she did a negative split, which is mind boggling. I have never run a negative split, which means your yeah, second half, that. your second half is faster than your first half is a negative split. She ran it a, takes her a little while to get going. It does. That's and all? to this day, she starts out slow. And then if we go out and run eight miles, she starts out slow. And in the last mile, she just blows me away. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, she, ran, she ran two hours for the first half and 155 for the second half, which is... Did it piss you off because oh, you ran four no, hours and 11 seconds? What? No, no. That was... No, her first marathon. I know. Oh, her you, first you, marathon. Yeah, you're, you know, for, you're I, never, <laughs> I never put that together, Ryan. Thanks a lot. <laughs> that your wife, who didn't even want to train or no, wasn't training she for didn't it. even... Yes. Okay. I guess yeah. I did the mileage. I'll go. I'll enter. You yeah. can go. You can get upset at her now <laughs> after we finish this. Now that I just brought that up, um, <clears throat> what is it about running that you, you kind of touch on? It, you know, it was the thing that you were good at. But like, I've talked about it before, and I'll, I'll bring it up again. Like, for a lot of other sports, running is your punishment. You do something wrong, go run. You're you're. It's an you outlet. Ha- you have to do... Okay, it's an outlet. You have yeah. to do... You did something, or you, you have to go train for something, go run this. Like, for 
most sports, it is just your your cardio. But for you guys, it is your sport. Yeah. So why is running for you? Like, what is it about running that just makes it? Because again, like, I think you're unique for the fact that you reach this certain stature in running, right? You talked about the fact that your freshman class could beat the shit out of your varsity class. You were training for the 10,000. You were doing yeah. all this stuff. And then you have this span of 18 years. Yeah. You're not talking 18 months. You're talking 18, 18 years yeah. Yeah. to then all uh, of a sudden falling back in love with it. Like, the, what is it about running? I remember the first time I went running after the surgery and after I quit smoking, and it was probably four months after the surgery. And I went out and ran about a mile and a half. I came back and cried. I just broke down and cried because I knew I could get it back. Yeah. At that, I knew then I could do it. And I don't know. It was just, <laughs> I don't, I, I just, it was just my, the only thing I could do good. Yeah. You know, okay. I, and then I said, gee, I wonder. If I can really put this together and run a 5K, and that was we set a goal, me and and Anne and Aaron, and the three of us ran together. Although, did Aaron beat me? I'm trying to remember. He did, and he was like 11, and he was he just smoked his age group. It was, yeah, my. My son was a hell of a runner. He didn't like it. He didn't like it. He liked wrestling. But it was it, he was good at it, but he just didn't want to... He didn't have the f- same feeling as me, I guess. And, I, and I'm going to face that. I fear, <laughs> as horrible as it sounds, I fear the same thing because I named my child Nolan Ryan. Yeah. He doesn't like baseball. I mean, fuck me. <laughs> but at the same time, like, as all parents do, like, we support our kids and whatever they want to do, right? But I can I can totally understand that, right? Like, he, thankfully right now, Nolan likes it, but I can see it. Right? Like, Aaron yeah. didn't like it. Yeah. He was good at it. And oh, at you as a parent going, but why? You're great at it. His times were better than mine in high school. Much better than mine in high school. Yeah. He broke my mile time, my two mile time, my 800 time. They had a four by eight relay. Now, figure they get this. They Springs to High School, see, it would have been 1995 or 96. 96, he went to the state meet. Okay. They had four guys. Their time for the four by eight was 801. 801. For that's two minutes a half mile for each one of them. Aaron was the slow guy. He ran like a <laughs> he ran like a two oh five or a two oh four. They had one guy who ran a one fifty five. I mean another guy one fifty eight. I mean it was like eight oh one. That's nuts. <laughs> I just yeah. holy smokes. I mean, if if at high schools to now they do a four by eight, I don't know. 830, 840, maybe? I don't know. So, excuse me. 
you there's sh- that Bex, see? Yeah, see, the, the Bex is repeating on you. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and you... Go ahead. No, he, he could have been better than me. He got back into it. You know, I, you know, he stopped running, and he said, well, I said, you can get back in any time you want. He had a friend that talked him into training again. And in back-to-back weekends, he ran a 15K and a half marathon. The 15K time was 1.03. And then the half marathon was 1.31. Hmm. I think that's, those were his times. Back, back to back. It was like, holy smoke. And then it was like a couple weeks after that, he was at a friend's house and he hopped into a hot tub, swung his feet over the top of the edge, and there was a bolt sticking up out of the top of the hot tub and tore the bottom of his foot right off. Yeah. It just tore it up. And, um, He's put on 100 pounds. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, well, again, I don't think just from, from all that, I just don't think he's recovered from it. Like, no. And, you know, Lindsay's basically been out for 10 months yeah. trying to figure out what's wrong with her foot. And yesterday, and no, yesterday two days, we, two days yesterday? ago, we, yeah. Yeah, no, two days ago yeah. we basically found out that, so what she thought was a stress fracture and plantar fasciitis was none of that. And now has to basically redo what she was doing wrong. To, to come back to, uh, to get herself back to what she needs to do. Which, yeah. And she said it to her physical therapist. Says, she said, look, I don't need to go train for a marathon or a half marathon, but I do want to get up and go run three miles without yeah. pain. Like, what the hell do I need to do? And we, I mean, so many years, my wife and I, would we ran every night. And for a race, we were training for a race. I mean, we ran a race maybe every two, three, four weeks at least. We haven't run in a lot of races, but we still get up and and run. And and now in the morning, now we're both retired, mm-hmm. so we can get up early, do a run, come back and look forward to a nice cup of coffee, read the paper. Um, so with the races out of the way, I mean, we haven't done a lot of races. I did a lot of coaching in, in the interim, which was a another outlet. I mean that um, I'm proud as punch uh, to be able to said that I coached girls cross country boys cross country in high school and then coached track in the middle school I started a running club in my wife's elementary school oh oh okay go ahead no no I I pointed at you because I I think from an outsider looking in which I'll, I'll act as I think for the future of running or just you as an individual that loves running, somebody that loves running or something like running a sport or anything in general, loves something like you do, I, I be running, has created something that you, you're gonna you're gonna and talk I, about it. There's this running club, and it's not it's not a running club for. Teenagers no, or high schoolers. But that's What's how the it running started. club for? That's how it started. Okay. When I retired the first time, I'm not going to get into that. That's just a whole I, other chapter. It's, this is about sports, fitness, yeah. and yes. life. Well, we can right. talk about your life if you want. When um, I retired the first time, my wife asked me, she said, so what are you going to do now? I said, 
I don't know, work in the yard, I don't pull weeds. He says, well, look, why don't you come into my classroom? She's a teacher, an elementary school teacher. Was. Was. She now is retired, but yeah. six years ago. She said, why don't you come into my classroom as a volunteer aide and help me? I said, okay, I, yeah, I can do that. Mm-hmm. So, okay, fine. I put in your name through the, the screening process. You've been approved. You can start Monday. Oh, all right. So <laughs> she just she just threw me Signed in the fire. Sign me up. So I'm walking through the hallway. You know what it was? It was revenge for the fact that you had a girlfriend when you were trying to. <laughs> Sorry, Betsy. To her. Yeah, Betsy Turner. If you're out there, I'm still alive. Listen, <laughs> Betsy Turner's not listening to this thing. If she found me, <laughs> then good for her. Go ahead. Um, so I'm walking down the hallway, and the athletic director, who I I didn't know. He stopped me in the hallway. He says, you're that running guy. You're that running guy. I go, yeah. I said, <laughs> boy, if I got a guy. <laughs> That's what he said. Nice he reputation. Said, yeah. He said, boy, if I got a job for you. I said, I want you to coach the track team. I said, well, I'll help out. Okay, fine. I said, but what do they do now? That Because this is now into the fall and they're just, I said, well, they're in the other sports. I said, why don't we set up a running club? And so I can get them into shape so when they come in, you know, first week of February, whenever you start, so they're in shape for running. Yeah. He said, that's a great idea. We'll do it under the, the the title of a club and not because there's, if you're doing, if you're participating in a sport before the season starts, you can get in all kinds of trouble in the state, the state of Florida. So we set up a club. Well, as it turned out, 34 kids showed up. 33 of them were K through 5. So they weren't middle school kids. Okay. At the time, the school was K through 8. Yeah. And so I said, well, okay, I'll work with these kids. Yeah. And the next year, there was like 45 kids. Again, K through 5, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade they don't show up. They d- just don't come. So then I take the show on the road. We go back. The elementary school where my wife was working was being remodeled. So we go back to the school, and the principal said, well, you're still going to do the running club, aren't you? I says, well, okay. Well, 114 kids sign up, and I had to draw the line in the sand. I says, this is getting out of hand. <laughs> and the, the, the kid, I mean, the they just want to run. I, I, I trust. I don't get it. I never got it. I still don't get it. They just. It was like the Pied Piper or something. I would walk down the hallways and the kids would just come on, Mister Bolt. Let's let's go. And and it was just crazy. The principal came to me once. He's, every teacher's got an assignment when when the school lets out. Whether you're you're working with the, you're helping the walk-up kids be dismissed or going the buses or the car loop or whatever. He says, Mr. Bolt, you dismiss 20% of the school population by yourself. I Impressive. Thought, I never thought of that. Impressive. <laughs> so, but, and the running, now I'm out of it till I stopped coaching everything and the kids still, They'll text me. They'll call me. Yeah. Can't you come back and help us and lead us? And I had, I had to, I had to stop at some point. I mean, it just 
because I want to spend eighty five percent of my time in Charlotte. Sure, sir. I know. <laughs> I know. You want to. You want to get up there. So, um, from that running club. Oh, I've got kids that are just will blow it. I, just, I'm I'm sure oh that I'm sure there's some oh, some God. great kids that have come out of it, right? And and w- let's talk about that for a second. But before we get there, um, how does that? I, I mean, I'm sure there's got to be, like you said, I have to draw a line in the sand. But there's got to be some of that that feeling oh. of great. Like there's there is this same admiration for what I love that these kids want to be involved in. Like, there's got to be that warming, warms your heart type feeling like, okay, yeah. like, I'm not wrong for liking this this yeah. sport. Like, look at the youth that yeah. want, want to kind of well, follow see, in And that. then each year when I assemble these hundred and some odd kids, you know, together, and, yeah. and I'll tell the same stories about how I got started. That's how I know the dates and the times. Yeah. And, uh, and then I bring up i i've got a little script of the hundred see i ran in the hundredth boston marathon okay and i actually have spoken at kiwanis clubs um different organizations throughout the the counties here on a a luncheon and stuff and and talking about my experiences in the hundredth running of the boston marathon just how many people and what was involved in putting on this thing i mean when i heard about the hundredth running, I mean, it it just, I thought, my God, yes, I'd love to return to where I was supposed to be in 1969, and that's when I was training with Marsha, yeah. and we we had to qualify, we just had to qualify, and we ran our ass off. And one thing we that Ann and I don't do today is a day of speed work each week. I mean, I just there's no speed left in this body. There just isn't. <laughs> I mean, we used to run. Marsh and I used to run ten halves in under three minutes. Each so, one. So under speed th- work. You're talking sprints. Yes. Okay. Well, we would do eight hundreds, half mile. Okay. Half mile repeats, and we would start with four, and then do five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eight, six, four, and then then race day. So it, each week. Okay, and and we would run them under three minutes, uh, from two fifty five to three oh five. I'll I'll give it that. Okay, there was a one of the writers for Runners World magazine. His name is Bert Yasso, and he had a theory. He said if you could run ten halves in like say three oh five, you should be able to run a three oh five marathon. Well, Marsh and I put it to the test, and we ran. A 315, which is not that bad. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, out of his theory, anyways, I mean, it's a fairly good time. Yeah. It's not Olympic quality. I mean, we were 46 years old when we did it, you know, 45. But, um, so, yeah, we don't do the speed work anymore. I just can't, can't do it. Can't do it. Ugh. If you were to <laughs> tell me now, what's the... And I don't want you to name the best marathon you've run, but what's the best marathon to run? Outside of Boston. Forget Boston. Boston is, listen. Boston's the Super Bowl? That's that's our Super Bowl. Okay. That's, a, that's our, exactly. Boston's Boston, your Super Bowl. Outside Boston. of the Super Bowl. Best marathon. Again, not that you've <clears> run. <throat> no. Best marathon. That I've run or not No, run? no, no. Best marathon out there. 
And then I want to know the best marathon you've ever run. Okay. Not time-wise, but the most enjoyable. Well, it's hard to say which is the best marathon out there if I haven't experienced it. But I, well, from what you know. From what I know, the LaSalle Banks Marathon in Chicago okay. is, for whatever reason, it's got the best times, whether it's pissant flat or whatever. You know LaSalle Bank doesn't exist anymore, right? No, I didn't. Bank of America bought them like years ago. Bank of America. Okay, well, the Chicago Marathon. There you go, the Chicago Marathon. Um, oh, you're dating yourself. For the- <laughs> yeah, LaSalle is, Bank doesn't exist yeah, anymore. Uh, they get good numbers, and um, uh, for whatever reason, the, the most elite runners are there, and yes. Oh, hello. Lindsay, my daughter just walked in. Um, but yeah, LaSalle, not LaSalle, Chicago Marathon is probably, yep. they say, one of the best in the, in the world. Okay. Yeah. What's the best one you've ever run? Your favorite? My favorite, it was Burlington, Vermont. Really? Yes. Yeah. Outside of Boston. Don't forget. I mean, we're not talking about Boston. We, talk, no. we said yeah. we take Burlington, that out. Burlington, Vermont. I mean... Because how many times have you run Boston? One? Twice. Twice. Okay, yes. so 16 marathons, 17 mm-hmm. marathons you run? 16. So 16, so you have 14 to choose from. Burlington. Burlington, Burlington. Vermont. Yeah. And Burlington's it, the one with the... If you, I'm this point, is an I, I point a lot. Yes. I'm pointing to your, your kitchen. Yes. <laughs> that has the poster with all yeah. of the... Well, the pictures from yeah. all of the yeah okay yeah, and they yeah. make we're this. each in there twice yeah. so the, uh, Burlington and then I'm gonna like, get you back to your story so the Burlington picture is it's so Chuck has Chuck and Ann have every poster that they've run every marathon you've run or close to close to it yeah yeah of the marathon and this one actually has each individual person. And then it creates the state of Vermont. No, and you guys no, are it's in a, it's twice. A, it's just a running scene. With I thought the, it was. A, I thought it was the state, the outline of the state, or is it not? No, it's just a, just a running with scene. Mountain okay, and, yeah. No. And then you guys are in there twice. Yep, each of us are in there twice. So yeah. you've taken the time to actually like look and search for each. On of... the back of the poster, they say it's like a, oh, a grid. it's like a yeah, puzzle, like okay. C sixteen, you know, oh, okay, D forty four, and you can find yourself. I was gonna say because <clears throat> if not that, that would have been hours. <laughs> yes, sure. yeah. Well, right, so Burlington, thousands. why why Burlington? It, well, the conditions were absolutely perfect. When we got up in the morning, it was like 52 degrees and overcast. And at the start of the race, it was 55 degrees and overcast. And at the finish, it was 55 degrees and overcast. It was just the most perfect conditions. And the last six miles of the race, or I know it doesn't mean anything to you, but it's an asphalt surface. <laughs> no. It was an asphalt trail, and it was tree-covered. Okay. And it was just gorgeous. The last six miles were just, and it just, they say, and I'm not the first one to say it, the halfway point of a marathon is 20 miles. Okay. Both mentally and physically. Yeah. It's the last 10 kilometers. Last, that really, yeah, yeah the six that, miles. Yeah. yeah. And so, at, so the last six miles was on this nice, asphalt surface tree canopied and it was just 
and it was like a tunnel running down to a tunnel and it was just gorgeous and there was there wasn't escarpment because part of the race was on a, a lower level and some of the race was on the upper level and at the halfway mark you run up this hill to Ugh. get back on the upper level and Anne said she it hello Bronx <laughs> you the said the dog's scratching himself like a rabbit <laughs> on all these empty boxes we have okay alright but yeah it so at the halfway mo- at the halfway point, if you're running the half marathon, they would just get off. And if there was actually a relay too, yeah. So you'd have to watch for the bib colors. They would have different colors if you're done the full, the half, or the relay. Because if the guy's doing the relay and he passes you, let him go. Yeah, you don't need to chase <laughs> that guy. Yeah, you don't have to chase that so yeah. much. <laughs> He's not exhausted. He hasn't run twenty no. miles no. so far. Yeah. No, right. Yeah. So what would your advice be to anybody that? I mean, you are by far the most seasoned runner I've ever met, right? So, like, what is your advice to anybody that's a runner? Because get, you've done get I, comfortable shoes, comfortable <laughs> shoes. Comfortable I think that's shoes. a great. I think that's great and, advice. And never run alone. Okay. And vary your running routes. Those three things: comfortable shoes, never run alone, and vary the running and vary routes. the running routes. Yeah, like if. We've got different loops set up, and this is let's do the the hill loop mm-hmm. towards Hawthorne, or let's do the Cooper Hill loop, or let's just do the Huntington loop, or let's do Lima loop. I mean, we just we've got them Anything. all named, you know. If you were to pick a marathon today, mm-hmm. what would you run? It would be Washington D.C. The DC. Mar- yeah, the Marine yeah. Corps. Yeah, Marine Corps. We were both training for that. Um, in 2008 and we both got injured um and got injured first she pulled a hamstring and then i've got a, a hip flexor or something with something in my right hip i don't know what happened a dog actually darted out at me and i bolted and it kind just of jolted jostled. it a little yep. bit yeah and and that's all it takes it's all it took i'm running in a straight line and <laughs> that just brings to my daughter that's all she could do was just run in a straight line. She could just, and she talked about that. That, that mm-hmm. it's a killer. That she it, she can't dribble a basketball twice. She can't catch a ball. <laughs> she can't catch uh, paper towels that I throw at her to help clean up the kitchen when the kids are getting messy. Uh, no, I mean superior athlete apparently. All right, you look at your list. Did we cover everything? Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I did one thing. What well, well, haven't we covered? One thing I wanted to talk about was when, because y'all went to Wingate, and we I did. can say y'all because I've lived yeah. here. For, and you I've lived and here you live enough. in Charlotte. Yes, your vacation home. Yes, like we talked about earlier, yes. you can't yep. hide money. Um, the recruitment trip to Wingate. Lindsay did not really talk about this, but this is okay. Um, first of all, just the trip itself was was crazy. Um, the, the, the university was going to pay for her travel, but not ours or something. I think that's how it worked. And so we were trying to fly from Tampa to Charlotte. And for whatever reason, you could drive, you could fly to New York city cheaper than you could fly directly to Charlotte and get off the plane. So what we had to do, we flew from Tampa to Charlotte, change planes. Listen to this 
changed planes, flew to Raleigh, rented a car, drove from Raleigh back to Charlotte, and then went for the recruiting trip. And then when we picked her up, we had to drive from Charlotte back to Raleigh, got on a plane to Raleigh, flew back to Charlotte, Charlotte, changed planes, back to Tampa. And that's, it was like a third the money. And we talked to US Air at the time. And I says, do you realize how stupid this sounds? Yeah, well, that's how you're going to have to do it. I they just, know how stupid it sounds. They just, <laughs> I mean, they, they just don't care. I mean, that's, I know. that's just their industry. So when we... We dropped off Lindsay at the university, and she was going to spend the night with the cross-country team. And we were going to go back to the hotel and go out to dinner. And in the meantime, um, Dr. Um, Dennis... Johnson. Dennis Johnson. How can you forget I, DJ? I know, DJ. We've been drinking. He's yeah, not listening. Have. He's not listening. Don't worry. We're Dennis, fine. you out there? You're in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, I think um, he's not. Isn't he? Uh, well, I'll find out later. Okay. Um, Great guy, great coach. Oh, I love, love him. him. Came to our wedding. Yes, he did. Yep. Um, so we, we dropped her off at the school, and we go back, and we go out to dinner. And, of course, DJ took us on the tour and explained just how much this universe, how much it was going to cost. And it was $23,000 a year or some, right? Twenty two, twenty three thousand dollars 23000 I remember. Was that the start? By the time we finished, it was like twenty five. Now it's like forty five. I, I don't even know what wing it Isn't is. That crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's also tripled in. Um, I was going to say headcount. I'm, yeah. I'm into business, not headcount. Did they it's ever not, build that addition that I designed for y'all? And they did. Did they really? Yeah. Holy you got to go back to the I school, gotta go. man. They have that done. They have new dorms, all new apartments. Because they, they wanted new a, an schools. addition on that. What? Yeah. The building. It's with those. the Cuddy Arena. Yeah. Yeah. They and I they came up it. with a. a yeah, for the really arches did, and everything. Yeah. They kind of, they did something similar. It's not like exact, oh, crap. but crap, I gotta go look at oh, that. Oh, that's great. Yeah, no, they they redid <clears throat> all that. So um, I'm a frustrated architect on this. <laughs> that was don't see now like that was how I graduated by getting that project done. Like, don't take credit for it. Like, no, we did it. Okay. We designed it. Okay, okay, yes, you designed. Yeah, you yes, helped us I with the AutoCAD part. Yeah, okay. yeah, AutoCAD part. Oh. Um, so we dropped her off. Yeah, we go back and we're sitting in this restaurant, and I had a wonderful. Chicken salad. I remember that. That was crazy. All right. Uh, <laughs> it's not crazy. I, I, if anyone's been Chardonnay. listening this long, <laughs> you know it's not that crazy. The fucking guy knows <laughs> the date and time. The time he met his wife. So, okay, stop. Yeah, stop. Yeah, wait. Yeah, All ahead, right. Sorry. So, because we can wrap this up. Um, how long <laughs> have we, we been can... talking? I don't know. Hold on. Maybe <laughs> An hour and 26 minutes. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this up. So, we, we're going to. We drop her off. We go back to the restaurant. And we're going to go back to the hotel. And we're saying, this is crazy. How are we going to come up with $20,000 a year? I said, and that they were going to offer some scholarships. And I said, I hope that she just changes her mind and just wants to go to USF. The next morning, we go pick her up outside the dorm where all the girls and all of them are lined up and they're all giving Lindsay this big hug and they're all crying and they're all sobbing and they're kissing each other. I go, I turn to my wife. I go, oh, shit. Yes, yeah, you're, like you're screwed. I'm screwed. I'm screwed. This is going to cost me a fortune. We're going to have to sell a house. Second mortgage. <laughs> Third. No. Third mortgage. Oh, my Whatever. God. Hey, yeah. you know, I got houses. All... <laughs> yeah. Again, you, you're in a big real estate. You're a developer. Yeah. And I'm looking for another. Now, I'll, I'll go into that later. 
with you after we're done here. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not recording about another <laughs> real no. estate transaction. Yeah, yeah. So we thought, uh, then it, it's going to be Wingate. We got to figure this out. So, because that was almost the same shock when we got the sticker price for the wedding. We go, how the fuck are we going to do Listen, this? <laughs> listen. We were very respectful. No, for- no. It, 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 was, it was perfect. It I was going to say, yeah. you wanted the seafood. We, yeah. we were willing to go without it. <laughs> See? Little did little did you know that she was going to meet such a gentleman suitor like myself. There you go. And I'd be sitting here like this. Yeah, <laughs> sitting in her bedroom <laughs> in, in your house of almost With thirty all years. These Wingate plaques of, all over of, of basically all of her accolades and like probably like ex boyfriends are hanging on the no, wall no, around no, here. No. Who knows? Two thousand five, two thousand two, and the, the dog's dead asleep on the bed. Yep. And yep. we're just sitting here, just getting housed. Yeah. Um. All right, well, let's wrap it up. Uh, yeah. Did we cover everything? Enough. For you? Yeah. Enough? Yeah. Is there anything else? Hey. Dude, let's, listen. Let's, I can go on for hours. I really don't give a shit. You have to go to bed. No, I don't. Neither I don't. do I. No. I'm just out of beer. No. You only got me a six-pack, so I'm out of beer. <laughs> oh, shit. Is it really gone? Yeah, that's it. I, oh, my God. I said if there's any left, my son would drink it, but... You know, he can drink what I Well, you're going to be stuck sink. with Bex. That's fine. <laughs> Um, what was I going to say? Oh, hell. If not, I'll wrap it up <clears throat> easily. I, and we can bring the girls in here for one question. Yeah, that's great. I, I'm, I had stage, for, uh, this goes back to 19, okay, am I, am I gonna, yeah, go okay, for it. 1967. And I was, you've already stage, aged yourself. So I, know. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I'm on the stage in high school and I had to give a speech because I was the, captain of the cross-country team and mm-hmm. and all this stuff and next year's captain and handing out the awards i was i could not speak i was frozen stiff okay so like 35 years later i'm in a church and i was asked to do a children's sermon and i said i can't speak in front of people so it's no problem and i have learned how to gab I mean, you give me a prop, you give me anything to talk about, I, I just, I'm a talker. I, I don't, just, I don't, I don't think don't. anyone's going to argue that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, listen. Time stamp, <laughs> we know. That, they're going to fall asleep listening no, to this. No, it's fine. The worst one was Mike Claudio. That guy talked 45 minutes, and Mike's going to listen to this. He talked for 45 <laughs> minutes on one topic until I told him to finally shut the fuck up. Cause <laughs> we had we, we basically covered nothing, <laughs> nothing, and it was 45 minutes in. At least we, no, we have a good story here. Yeah. you have any questions for me? Wow. I love it, and, and, and ending with that, most people are like, okay. oh, no, I'm good. About anything. About two cents ask me worth? No, ask me a question. What do you want to know about me? Look, I learned so much about you today that I didn't even know. Are you going to stay in that home? No. Okay. I, I know both of you I'm going to for- stay. I'm going to stay in that area of town. Yes. I'm yeah. going to stay in that... If I can, if I can make it work, I'm going to stay in that school district. Yes, for the boys. Yes, because it's a very the elementary good, school is awesome. It's a very yeah, and and the kid, the oldest is doing great, and I want to see the youngest follow suit with that same type of education. Yeah. So I'm going to stay yeah. in that that um, school district. But are we going to stay in that house? No. Yeah. Long term, no. I yeah. do. I think. I mean, I could see myself in that house for another 10 years. Ooh. 
but I mean, I have ambitions to move up and and continue to move forward with my career outside of this that pays me zero dollars. Yes. Actually, cost me money. Do I have to put a ten dollar bill on? Actually, yeah, you need to start paying for some of this equipment. (laughs) Actually, I think I might start doing that. Every guest that comes on, be like, "Hey, thank you for coming over. You owe me ten dollars for every download. You owe me a dollar." No, but you know, I, I, yeah, no, we'll, we'll we'll move out of that house. Yeah. If not, I'm gonna fucking blow the back out of it and (laughs) add another thousand square feet. Yeah, and you're, you're you're gonna stay with the job and the career that you're in why not all right i love the company i work for yeah you know i was talking to my team earlier this week and uh we're currently hiring some new people on the team and and we were talking about you know the team and the the company and one person came out and said you know what of all corporate jobs this is really really great and i said okay explain to me why it's really great they're like we we make it as a company really stressless. And I said, and they, this is like a 28, 29-year-old telling me this. I'm like, I'm glad you can see that. I'm wow, like, there are a good. lot of corporate jobs out there that can, what you do on an everyday basis can make it seem like it is, you know, do or die every day. Like for us, like it is, it is a job and it's hard. And, but at the same time, it's rewarding. And it's, if you have the right people around you and the right team, it can be something where you can just shut it off, go home and go, you know what? Yes, it, I still have to do my job, but at the same time, like, I can take a deep breath and be like, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. It's a great company. And my wife works at the company, as you know. Yeah. Um, well, in 47 years, 47 years of working, Yeah. I worked for three companies. Yeah. 10, 18, and 19. That's it. I've worked for four companies. <laughs> See. It's just, I mean, it's a different age. And probably, and probably, and for me to say that four companies, there's probably a lot of people out there going, oh, that's not, that's not a lot. And I've been in the workforce for 13, 14 years. And there's probably a lot of people that go, that's not that bad. Especially in the industry that I'm in, which is contingent labor. I mean, you have people that change jobs and industries, companies every 18 months. And they do that for 20, 30 years of their career. And that's fine because it's something that they're just used to and, and, and it's and it's good paying. But no, I, I think the opportunities that my company has and, uh, you know, what we have as just an overall corporation, I wouldn't. The only way I would, and I'll, and I'll preface this, the only way I would is if this became too much of my time and financials and paid the rent. There you go. <laughs> if this, if this turned around and, and there was just money flowing in, then I would. Yeah. But for now, and, and as I always wanted to be, I want it to be my own. To it where is. We can sit here and just bullshit. Cause we went way over an hour. Oh, I don't care. And if anybody <laughs> doesn't want to listen to it, that's fine. I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I bought all the stuff anyway, so if they want to listen to it, they can. If not, that's fine. We'll move on. I, you know, and there's nobody holding me down for it, and I think it's great. It's fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this. Yeah, you I had mean, a blast, I've been, didn't you? I've been, I've been looking forward to it since uh, Thanksgiving. You know, so yeah. Anything else? Did we miss anything? 
I mean, like I said, I could talk until two in the morning. So, but no. Well, let's not do that because yeah, I just sat in the car for ten fucking hours. Yeah, with that's two right. Kids and my yeah. dog. Yeah, yeah. Well, you crushed it. Yeah. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. I, I, again, we talked about it earlier, and I want to finish with this. I've known you for now. When did I meet your daughter? Two thousand one. In a cross country meet. Two thousand one. It's the same day I met your parents. I think I met your parents before I met you. Because you're probably because I was well, I think I was down <laughs> like wandering around. Well, no, I was probably down at a tree, like directing people in this meet. You were, you were, and I got yelled at by Lindsay and all of her friends. They're like, "You weren't excited. You weren't cheering us on." I was like, "Your sport's fucking boring." <laughs> I'm sorry. I stood next to a tree and told you where to run. You don't even know where to go. So anyway, yeah. So so, so I did. I think for... I met your parents before I met you. Now, 15, 16 years. Whatever. Yeah. And I learned more about you today than. Then well, maybe had. we should have sat down with a six pack and done this earlier. Yeah. <laughs> maybe something a little more, you know, dressy. I mean, I get an IPA and you got some Bex. Maybe something a little little nicer. I know you have some cognac. I'm not going to get into I it got now. Some great cognac. If you want me man. to fall asleep on your, your, in your kitchen on your wood floors, I can if you want. But, uh, well, no, thank you. It was fun. Thank you. Anything thank you. else? We're good? Oh, thanks for inviting me. Well, thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. If you didn't notice, me and Chuck had a great time. We did. <laughs> Chuck, Charles, Dad. Charlie. Father-in-law, Charles, Charlie. Any other name? Chow Chow. Ch- I'm not ending with <laughs> You're not going All with right. that? No, okay. I'm not going to go with Chow Chow. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Good night.